It's like a void of black. There's a portal open here. Let's talk about some spooky shit. Yeah. Are we are. recording? Yeah. Well, oh. I just now hit record. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm mainly doing it just to test to make sure. Yeah. Everything is good. Get it. Golden. Golden. So it has been 10,000 centuries since we have been together to record, I feel like. It has. Been. So yeah. it's, it's been, what's been going on? September's just always nuts for me. Everybody I know is born in September. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard for me to get it. And then it's the busiest time of year for me because I do registration for my university. So, yeah, thank y'all for bearing with my, like, crazy hectic schedule. We've already had to change this recording, what, three times now? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <sighs> it happened. We're here. We're here. We made we're it. Here. We're drinking coffee. It's Saturday. It's, like, 8 o'clock. We're all real lame. Yeah. We are so lame. Like, I, I literally was, like, falling asleep earlier, and I was like, I think I need to make some coffee. I need something to, like, perk me up. It's a Saturday night, and it's I'm already, Saturday like, night. I just want to nap. We should go to the goth bar. Honestly, I kind of thought about it. I was what like, we could get bar? real wild Elysium. tonight. And, or yeah. fuck it, crowbar. Uh, That's not even yeah. that far. It's not even that far. And they have amazing drinks. And it's... the warehouse isn't that far either. Yeah. They don't do karaoke far. there anymore. Why? I don't know. They just, after COVID, yeah. they decided not to. But it was literally the only thing it needed yeah. to be open for. It's, it's going to lose so much business. There's been a lot of stuff happening true crime case-wise. Do we want to talk about that? Yes. Robert Durst was officially convicted of murder. Mm -hmm. Fuck that asshole. Yep. Thank God. And then I know less about the evolving case of the girl who's missing. Um, Gabby Petito? Gabby Petito. And you seem like you know more about, or you've You've been been following following it. I've been following it, and and solely because I'm, like, in a lot of um, different podcast groups, and so I fo- again. Then I subsequently follow a lot of the hosts on mm-hmm. like social media and stuff. And some of my favorite ones, Ashley from Morbid, was sharing um, this missing persons, and it was like, "Hey, one of our weirdos, like you know, they're like, yeah, followers, like one of their listeners." And I think someone close to Gabby sent it to them. They started sharing it from. Is that where it started getting traction? Because she is. I don't know if that was the originator, but for Morbid. me, that was the the like the starting point and that was through Twitter Yeah, and I hadn't seen anything else and then slowly throughout the day I would see more things start popping up. It's huge right now. Yeah and it's fucked up and crazy and like even my husband knew about it. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, it's such, it was, it's such an interesting turn of events, and people were like, normally would be like, oh man, that's weird, or maybe, you know, they broke up, and she just, like, lost service, or whatever. That's, like, what was the, like, one side, but then, it was, I was shocked to see how many people were actually concerned, and they yeah. were like, this guy, because, you know, like, some people are like, no, right. the guy didn't do but it. But at the same time, like, it's women a are like, white the, blonde girl. The fucking boyfriend did, you know, at all times. Yeah. And so... Yeah. Well, and it's really picked up in the true crime community. Like, I saw one TikTok where they were comparing the growth on her hair, like, the growth from her color. And they were, like, one wow. uh, picture that was posted this month, they were like, we don't think this is recent. We think the boyfriend did it because it's an older picture from this time period. And she never posted back pictures. And, yeah. you know what I mean? But he geotagged here. And she wasn't seen after this date. So they're really getting, like, I mean, you know, true crime community. We've... As a community, 
we've gotten in the way of a lot of investigations, but there have been a lot, especially cold Hell cases, yeah. that have well, been solved because of true crime. Community. I mean, like you and I were talking about earlier, I mean, I really feel like, uh, you know, that's an untapped resource. Um, you know, people, I mean, people are really into this. Absolutely. And, you know, I don't think they're in it for any kind of sinister reasons. I think they can just, a lot of people are really good at pointing out details that maybe the police wouldn't necessarily think about to look into because we have, you know, social media now is a really good way of being able to track people down and get, put a timeline together and things like that. And I mean, I'm sure the police force probably has people on that, but I mean, is there anybody better? The majority of them are like middle-aged men. Exactly. Who probably like know of Instagram and know enough to get around, but you know, do they understand like geo locating exactly. can be switched on and off and could be manipulated? Posted, yeah, and that you can make posts for the future and yeah, do do they really understand all the ins and outs? And especially because Gabby was trying to build a social media following. Yeah. The the details and why she wouldn't switch her emoji style. I have certain hashtags that I use every time I post because it gets us circulated within right. certain algorithms, mm-hmm. and she did too. And unless you're like doing that a lot, that would that might not necessarily be something that you know you would realize. Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I think, I mean, there's just a, an extra set of eyes that we can have on this case that we wouldn't have had before. Better. Good, good. That coffee is flowing through. Yeah. yeah. You're feeling pumped. I am feeling pumped. That's good. That's good. So today, uh, we are covering the subject of cults. And um, I quickly, I just actually kind of Googled the, like, actual definition of cult. I have that in my notes, too. Are you serious? Okay, I'll let one of you guys say it, but it's just because I just want to make sure that I'm not, like, throwing the term around very loosely. Right, because it's very similar to just religion, right? Exactly, exactly. Um, so, I mean, if you want, uh, we'll go ahead and we'll kick it off with Jerka. All right. So, of course, I'm going to go the science route, and I am doing the psychology of cult influence and indoctrination. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, it's funny that you asked what the definition of, or you were about to tell us the definition of cult. So, I'll tell you. Um, so, Merriam-Webster defines it as a religion regarded as unorthodox or spurious, its body of adherence, um, and then it has, like, some examples, satanic cult. Hmm. And, but then it also has a reference to, um, like, a, a following, like a group. Right. I, I also personally see cults as an organization with, like, malicious intent and controlling intent. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go more into it. <gasps> Yay! Um, and also, another definition is great devotion to a person, idea, object, movement, or work. Um, mm, such that makes re- sense. devotion also can be regarded as a literary or an intellectual fad. Can I make a prediction? Yeah. And the fact that we're probably going to touch base on maybe the 2016 election a little bit. Oh, not in mine. Oh, but okay. We absolutely. Neither. On that. Um, I would say we could use that as the example after, um, towards the end. Okay, great. Cool. Because I have a couple things I'm going to go over. So I wanted to pull a bunch of resources, which let me say my sources now. I am going to reference a few of them in my work, but I'm just going to say them all together. Um, so my sources are, um, an article, um, at howstuffworks.com, openmindsfoundation.org, 
um, and medium.com, opradaily.com, and these are all kind of resources that I pulled from throughout. Some are direct quotes. I don't name quote every single one, but I do reference it throughout my notes. Absolutely. So from a quote from Oprah Daily article that I read, um, what makes a cold a cold? And given that no one intentionally sets out to hand their freedom and finances over to a toxic sect, how do you know when you're in one? And so um, through this, in the article, there's a guy named Stephen Hassan, um, and he was actually um, a former member of the Sun Moon Unification Church cult. Um, and then he actually created this, um, wrote this book about um, combating cult mind control. And so he kind of defines um, the behavioral manipulation. So he creates something called a bite model. Um, he divides an extensive list of these common methods into four major categories. So based on research and theory, the bite stands for behavior, information, thought, and emotional control. And so I'll break down each of those categories, kind of what they define those as. Okay. Okay. So first category I'm going to break down is behavior control. A group member dictates where, how, with whom the member lives and associates with or isolates them from others. They regulate their diet, forced fasting. Um, they manipulate a person and deprive them of sleep. They practice financial exploitation, manipulation, or dependence. They impose rigid rules and regulations. Um, so those are all, again, under the behavioral um, control. So if we applied this to the following of the election, I'm interested to see where you go with that. So the next category is information control. They practice deception by deliberately withholding or distorting information and or lying. Would that be included in saying like trusted news sources are sending out fake news? Wow, that'd be great. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's on par exactly what that is. Weird, right? Weird. <laughs> they minimize or discourage access to non-cult sources of information, TV, internet, former members, and so on. They make extensive use of cult-generated information and propaganda, so YouTube, um, newsletters, movies, and other media forms. So, yes. Hmm. Interesting. Next one, thought control. So, they things like they require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth, black and white, good versus evil kind of thinking. Um, they change a person's name and identity. Um, they use loaded language and cliches, like fake news. <laughs> Dog whistle. <laughs> Which, sheep. Um, which constrict knowledge, stop critical thoughts, and reduce complexities into buzzwords. Um, they employ hypnotic techniques to alter mental states, undermine critical thinking, and age regress the member. Hmm. So, 5G. <laughs> yeah, I'm really, so now that I mention that, I'm really trying to not make this political, but man, it's it just, just fits just, every category. Just, just, I just like, it doesn't even have to be political, it's just like, things that you associate that with really you know right. and since that's super recent you know and ever present in kind our fucking lifetime yeah yeah so then last category is emotional control so they manipulate and narrow the range of feelings some emotions and or needs are deemed as evil wrong or selfish um they teach emotion stopping techniques to block feelings of homesickness anger doubt um, they make the person feel that problems are always their own fault, never the leader's or the group's fault. They instill fear, such as fear of the outside world, enemies, leaving or being shunned by the group. And so 
that's the again bite categories and that's one of the just solely from one source and so i wanted to look more into kind of how it's defined because you just doing a quick google search i was you know signs that you're in a cult and things like that and a lot of them just like actually guess you know there's like the you know the the like quiz ones where it's like you know that kind of thing mm -hmm. where it's not really a, a source but then there's so i was surprised that how many actually had similar um information on each of them which made me more um feel more secure in the fact that these are pretty good uh definitions and like ways um yeah to kind of go by so okay so this is from oh, the medium.com article 10 signs you're probably in a cult and number one, the leader is the ultimate authority. So, again, like dictatorship, um, mm -hmm. all being, like the Messiah kind of thing. Yep. I'm sure we all can, you're probably going to talk about someone similar mm -hmm. in y'all's stories. Number two, the group suppresses skepticism. So, basically, tells you to shut the fuck up. If you're skeptical. Right. Like, Who are you to challenge God? Yeah. 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 Um, three, the group delegitimizes <laughs> former members. So, yeah, like, they're the pariahs. Like, they were bad. Like, they chose mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Right. Four, the group is paranoid about the outside world. Five, the group relies on shame cycles, which I thought was such a perfect way of, like, framing that. Yeah, that is. So, number six, the leader is above the law. So, immediately when I read that, it was like, that fucker, what was it in the Nexium cult? The sex oh, cult? um, Keith, Keith yes. Ranieri. Ugh, fucker. When I read that, that's immediately who I thought of. One of my oh, favorite God. things about that, that documentary that they did on HBO is they showed a lot of footage of him attempting to play volleyball, and he thought he was a mate, because he was real into volleyball, and he thought he was yeah. this badass at volleyball, and he was fucking terrible. Like, every shot they showed was him, like, missing the ball like this. It was so good. <laughs> I love that. I need to watch that. It's a, it's a very it's good Yeah, it's hard. Mm. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, and it's long, too, like, or, like, a lot of information. Number seven, the group uses thought reform methods. Number eight, the group is elitist. Number nine, there is no financial transparency, which I thought was very interesting. Um, and number ten, the group Forms secret rights. So these are things um, like secret rituals or. Yeah, and, and it says like the term like secret rights seems like, you know, some sort of like witchcraft shit or something. Yeah. But really it's um, um, often cult initiations are confusing, bizarre, even offensive. Um, this mental dissonance between their sense of confusion and their loyalty to the inner circle convinces the initiate to double their efforts in order to properly appreciate the proceedings. And that, that could be something as simple and seemingly harmless, too, as, like, in uh, the Jesus Christ of the Latter-day Saints, they have the, the underwear that they wear under everything. Right. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, like, that seems very innocuous, but at the same time, like, they don't talk about it. Nobody else right. gets to do it. Yeah. That Interesting. Makes okay. Yeah, so those are kind of 10, 10 signs. And so, I again, I wanted to keep digging and, like, because really that defines kind of things that you would see, but it doesn't talk about the process that you go through in order to, to do those, like, end up in those places. Mm -hmm. So I really, what I found on this, um, we show us um, openmindsfoundation.org, talks about exploitative techniques controlling behavior without consent. So it ha talks about these different th ways, and I thought I really wanted to read from this um, solely because... Um, the information is so specific and I didn't want to copy and paste everything and I want to make sure I say it the right way. 
but I'm gonna go over the categories that they mentioned. Okay, so these are gonna be specific tactics that they use in order to gain control, whether that's, um, it speaks from both the person who is being like alienated and then also the person who is doing it. So, so alienation, alienation happens when communication between people is severed, um, ostracism, shunning, or disconnection within cult, gr cult groups is a primary method of control in families as well. Typically, this is most severe in high-conflict separated families. Mm. So another one is exploitation. Exploitation means to use someone selfishly, taking advantage of them, their resources, and their labor. Um, thought reform, brainwashing, mind control, or manipulation are all deliberate forms of exploitation or exploitation exploitative persuasion which i thought was like really fucking cool i'm sure that you can probably pick out specific examples from like your own stories mm -hmm. um indoctr indoctrination indoctrination originally meant simply teaching but the term has come to mean conditioning students to accept information uncritically and without question which i thought that was fucking brilliant yeah it is the without question yes yep. because you don't think about that and like people love to say like oh indoctrination like you're preaching at me but that's not indoctrination like i love the way it says it's like it's simply well it was teaching but now it's to teach it's like talking with and you're like not you're just like a sponge taking, like, it. taking yeah. it all in um propaganda propaganda originally meant public relations but the term has come to mean the manipulative use of public relations often called a spin where there is an attempt to deceive the audience whether for political or advertising reasons Propaganda is at work. Yep. Mm -hmm. Thought reform. Thought reform is the, the deliberate molding of ideas and behavior to bring about conformity with an authority. Thought reform can consist of both physical and psychological methods. The popular word for thought reform is brainwashing. And then another one is brain. The next one, kind of loosely um, connected, uh, brainwashing is the systematic use of mental and behavioral techniques intended to overwhelm the individual thought and create obedience, which I thought was crazy. Mm -hmm. The way it says like it's meant to like overwhelm your like your inner voice, you know, your kind con your conscience. Right. Which, you don't really think about I, it that way. I think it's so easy to like see examples of cults and look oh, at yeah. that and be like, how could they get sucked into right, that? Right. I would never do that. But it's slow seduction. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and that's like kind of the point and um, where I really wanted to really go this route. And it's because a lot of people would say like, oh, you know, only stupid people would join cults. But the thing is, you, you're, you don't put um, like your weakest and your lamest people mm -mm. as your recruits. You put the, the smartest. Yeah. Most the most. Yeah, absolutely. Think about group projects. Like. Yeah, you Who's put the, the charismatic guy out. Exactly. And honestly, by having that mindset, you make yourself more vulnerable to be influenced by a cult because then you're like, oh, it can never happen to me. Right. And then you don't recognize the signs of it happening. Right. right. That's, I, a few years ago, I was catfished online by a guy and I never thought that that would happen to yeah. me. And when it happened, like, it was so clear what was happening and, like, the slow Ugh. form that that took. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, looking back, you can always... Oh, 100%. Point that stuff out. But while it's happening, I think yeah. It's, yeah, it's a lot harder. Yeah. Fervor induction. The induction of fervor is basic to those forms of manipulation that do not rely on threats or other methods of coercion. Predators often attract people by helping them attain a peak experience or awe of, or ecstasy, which can lead to state of fervor. 
In a fervent state, critical thinking evaporates and even the most intelligent and rational people can come to believe bizarre ideas and become willing to commit antisocial acts for the good of the cause. Which is, you know, to that point we were just talking about. Manipulation. Manipulation is the deliberate control of another person against their best interests. It includes thought reform, mind control, and undue influence, along with any other form of coercive control. Religious extremism. Religious extremism causes violence against those who do not accept a fanatical set of beliefs. Um, Extremists manipulate followers to withdraw from society and to fear and hate outsiders. These groups develop extreme interpretations of a religious belief and are found in every major religion, including Christian, Muslim, Hindu, Jewish, and even Buddhist ideologies. Um, Totalitarianism. Totalitarianism, or totalism, is a system that demands complete submission to a government or organization. The word originally used to describe the Nazi movement in Germany, but it also applies to groups controlled by an authoritarian leader mm-hmm. including destructive cults and gangs so um that was another point that was brought up um through the things that i was researching um there's a difference between a religious community a religious like group mm-hmm. and a destructive cult and this, this, these are mostly the characters of a destructive cult mind you and then there were articles that mentioned like ways that like there are religious groups, but I didn't want to go into all of that. Right. Um, solely just because, like, I feel like... It's such a gray area. Right. Like, and there's so you, much overlapping. Right, because, you know... I, yeah, it's just... It's it's fluid, just the easiest form of saying it. Like, I mean, and you can even take certain religions that are seen as legitimate now, but you put them in other historical contexts, and they were a cult at that time. Right. Like, you can't tell me that the Catholic Church during the Spanish Inquisition was not a cult. Well, I mean, it's also... Who's to say that that's actually what happens in that specific religious group? You know, it could right. be something that we like attribute to. So I didn't even want to go down that road. Um, yeah. So another one is coercion. Coercion means controlling a person through threat of violence, emotional domination, or psychological manipulation. Next is hypnosis. I think there's two more. Um, hypnosis. Hypnosis is guided imagination. Um, altered states occur when someone else controls what we perceive and believe through imagination. Interesting. Never yeah. thought of it described right. that way, but yeah. I neither. Um, hypnosis can cause shifts in perception, memory, interpretation, and belief. Contrary to popular belief, hypnosis can instill can instill dangerous and lasting behaviors. Hmm. So it's usually meant, it's thought of to be something as, like, a release or something that's, like, a form of healing, but it can be damaging, like, which is... Mm -hmm. That makes sense, because you can insert memory. If the the people are vulnerable at that point, you Mm can direct them towards, huh, that's interesting. Um, Mind control, we mentioned that, so I'm not going to go into the specifics for that, but it's listed. Um, Radicalization, radicalization is the use of indoctrination or thought reform to create political or religious uh, fanaticism and create hatred towards outsiders. Radicalization leads to violence and terrorism. Weird, right? Um, and then last is undue influence. Undue influence is the legal term for manip- manipulation. Undue influence cases usually come about when a will is challenged and it is asserted that a ben- beneficiary exploited the person who has left them in an in, in inheritance. Um, undue influence can be physical, emotional, or psychological. It can be through threat or charm or a combination of both, which I'm interested, I would like, if we do a further episode, I would be interested in looking into that 
people who sued and made that case. Yeah. I So one thing that I personally believe, and I'm not going to harp on it too much because it has nothing to do with what I'm going over right now, um, faith healers. If somebody is a faith healer and they quote unquote healed somebody mm-hmm. and then that person doesn't get treatment and dies, oh, yeah. I think they should be criminally liable. Yeah, I think it should be manslaughter. Yeah. Interesting. That could be interesting. Yeah, so I'm going to, as I'm listening to your stories, I'm going to try to point out some of the things that I mentioned. Yeah. Please um, do. Reference back. Um, and then we can kind of talk about those in the moment. Um, yeah. Because so mine, mine especially lives in that gray area yeah okay cool well that that is the psychology of cult indoctrination and influence and now it's savina yeah so i mean after hearing your segment i mean i can definitely relate to a lot of what you were saying um so today the cult that i wanted to focus on and discuss is the heaven's gate cult oh fuck yeah no i'm not gonna say good but so interesting Yes. yes Um, and I think we all probably know why I initially... The aliens! The aliens, <laughs> yes! Because, I mean, you know, aliens. So, I mean, I did pick it for that reason, and also just because I thought it was one of those cults that's, like, really outlandish. Like, mm-hmm. in my head, I kept on thinking, as I was researching this, like, who would get sucked into this? Like, who honestly would believe they're an alien and they're meant to, like, leave this Earth on a... A spaceship, a but I mean, that's also kind of why I wanted to because I'm like, what would make somebody the tactics that they have to use? Okay, yeah, cool. All right, I'm listening. Trigger warning this is Savannah with Violent Delights. This is your verbal warning now that we wanted to insert a trigger warning for this section of the podcast. Some listeners may be triggered by our subject matter. Please be warned now that we do discuss suicide and material that may be disturbing or triggering to some listeners. Listener discretion is strongly advised. All right, so we're going to start out here on March 26th, 1997, so it's a more recent um, occurrence. Deputies of the San Diego County Sheriff's Department discovered the bodies of 39 active members of the group Heaven's Gate, including that of Applewhite, who is the leader, and I will go to discuss him more in depth. Are we not going to call him by his nickname? Yeah. Oh, we are. Okay. We're going to get there. We're <laughs> going to get there. Um, they were in a house in the San Diego suburb of Rancho Santa Fe. It is a 9,000-square-foot home, which they called the Montessori, where all the members of Heaven's Gate resided since 1996. Uh, They had all participated in mass suicide. They had participated in a mass suicide coinciding with the closest approach of the comet named Hale-Bopp. Real quick, my sources for this are Wikipedia, RollingStone.com, which I will go over here in a minute. They name a list of facts that I never knew about the cult. And then um, Academic.Oup.com. So before the suicides, the group's website was updated with the message, Hellbop brings closure to Heaven's Gate. Our 22 years of classroom here on planet Earth is finally coming to a conclusion. Graduation. Classroom. Yes. I hated that. I know. Graduation from the human evolutionary level. We are happily prepared to leave this world and go with T's crew. And T is one of Applegate's nicknames. So out of the 39 believers that had committed suicide, 21 were women and 18 were men between the ages of 26 and 72. 
and they are believed to have died and see this is something I didn't know but they are believed to have died in three groups over the course of three days mm -hmm. with the remaining participants cleaning up after each of the prior's deaths so I didn't know that they like strung it out there. the suicides occurred in groups of 15 and then 15 again and then 9 between March 22nd and March 26th so I mean, there would have been time to stop it if somebody probably would have heard, you know, ahead of time or knew ahead of time. The way that they committed suicide is members took a phenobarbital. Oh, how do you say it again? Phenobarbital. Thank you. Uh, which is apparently like a, um, a uh, seizure medication. Nice. And they mixed it with applesauce. And then they washed it all down with some vodka. So I guess that's just like a very... what the fuck? Yeah, I know. Not only that, but to like really make sure that, you know, they were going to go through with this, they all um, laid down on beds and wrapped plastic bags around their heads so they can make sure oh, to yeah. asphyxiate themselves yeah. as well. All 39 were dressed in identical black shirts and sweatpants. Brand new black and white Nike Decades athletic shoes. And an armband patches reading the Heaven's Gate Away team. <laughs> I mean. I know. It's 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 very sad, but at the same time, like, it's so fucking nerdy. It is. It is. And I think, too, that's, like, it was literally uh, something that they got from, like, Star Trek or whatever. Yeah. Like, so. It, you know, and as bad as this cult is, there are parts of it that aren't for a cult. For a destructive cult, like, weren't that bad. They never molested anybody. That's true. They I mean, that kids. is one thing. They did not even allow minors in this cult at all. Right. Which kind of shocked me because you never think about that, but then you're like, oh, well, at least well, they didn't allow anybody under right. the age of 18. And if I remember correctly, there was, like, a thing of, like, no sexual activity. So, yeah, I'm going to get to that. Okay, great. So, each member had a $5 bill and three quarters in their pockets, and apparently they carried this on their persons at all time. The cash was for covering the cost of vagrancy laws, and the quarters were for calling home from payphones. Um, and this is what they had on them at the time that they were found. And so, it was meant for them to use in the afterlife or the next level. Like E.T. What the fuck? Like E.T. Yeah, pretty much that like E.T. So, once a member was deceased, a living member would arrange the body on the bed as if they were sleeping. They would remove the plastic bag from their head, and they would pose the body so that it lay upright. The face and the torso would be covered with a large purple cloth for privacy. So, I think it's just a very daunting image because it's all just... All these bodies, like, laying in bunk beds, you know, wearing the exact same clothes. They also all had the same haircut, buzzed haircuts. Yeah. Um, same, like, facial hair growth, like, they cut their hair and everything exactly the same, wore the exact same clothes and everything like that. So, I can imagine stumbling on that is really just, like, shocking. The identical clothing was said to be used as a uniform for the mass suicide representing unity, whilst the Nike decades were chosen because the group, quote, got a good deal on the shoes, end quote. Kind of love the practicality of it. I mean, Apple White was a huge fan of Nike's. So, therefore, everyone was expected to wear and to like Nikes uh, within the group. So, apparently, that's something they, that's the footwear of their choice. So, I mean, so Applegate really apparently liked Nike. So, therefore, everyone in the cult was expected to wear Nikes and to also like Nikes. Heaven's Gate also had a saying within the group, just do it. Oh, my God. Which is basically Nike's slogan. But instead of do, guess what they used? Hmm. Do. Just do it. Stop. Not joking. Serious. Yeah. 
So. <laughs> and, and why did they use dough? In respect to Applegate's nickname. Nickname. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great nerds. So how did we get here? How did we, how did this kind of begin? So Heaven's Gate was considered a, a new religious movement, often described as a UFO religious millenarian. So I mentioned millenarian, and uh, the definition is a belief advanced by some religious dominations that a golden age or a paradise will occur on Earth prior to the final judgment and future eternal state of the world to come. So, Heaven's Gate was founded in 1974, which was led by Bonnie Nettles and Marshall Applewhite. Uh, He's the one with all the interesting nicknames. So, they believed in extraterrestrial entities and operating UFOs and the coming of a transformation in society. Scholars have described Heaven's Gate as a mixture of Christian millenarianism. I think that's how you say that? We're just going to pretend like it is. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, New Age in UFOlogy. Which, again, is really interesting because... Yeah, exactly. It has been characterized as a UFO religion. Both Nettles and Applewhite met in 1972 in a psychiatric hospital. And, again, the beginning of their relationship was it's kind of under debate. It's not very clear um, how they met in the psychiatric hospital. Applewhite says he was visiting a friend there and Bonnie claims that she worked there. Either way, they both met... And basically have been intertwined ever since. Why do I get the feeling he was most likely a patient at that time? And there was a weird power dynamic. I, I, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. To be honest. But basically they connected the second they met um, so much so that they honestly believed they had met each other in previous lives. That they were meant to be together and that they were basically a higher level than what humans were and they both like instantly believed in this yeah so quote they claimed they met in a previous life and had been chosen to fulfill biblical prophecies Hmm. very important people very important very important so what are some of the beliefs the heaven's gate cult believed that a flying saucer was traveling behind the hale bop comet And they chose to leave their physical bodies behind to find redemption in an extraterrestrial kingdom of heaven. So essentially, the end game for this cult was that they were going to leave their physical bodies behind and get on this UFO plane to travel to the the higher level or whatever. Uh, The central belief of the group was that followers could transform themselves into immortal extraterrestrial beings by rejecting their human nature. And then they would ascend to heaven, referred to as the next level. Um, However, the death of Nettles, Bonnie, kind of threw like a monkey wrench into the whole cult narrative. Because before the whole comet and things like that happened, before they were planning like this this big mass suicide, the idea is that you actually will ascend to the next level in your own physical body. And it will go with you. Um, But when she died and her physical body didn't disappear, you know, uh, they... Basically, they had to explain it away. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, they had to question it. So, I mean, this is kind of where you know the beliefs were a little bit flexible. So, Applegate then changed it to where your physical body won't go with you to the next level. Your soul will, but you have to leave your physical body behind, thus committing suicide. Essentially, he often referred to his human body as a container or a vehicle. He's even been quoted as saying that he is in human camouflage. So, essentially, they don't consider their body like part of their their soul or anything like that. I don't know why that grosses me out. Right? The way it did he me says too. It, it's just... Camouflage. Don't like that. 
It's like, do you think you're a lizard person? Like, what's happening? (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah, essentially after Bonnie died, the doctrine was then revised to include the leaving of consciousness from the body as an equivalent to leaving the Earth in a spacecraft. So the group declared that they were against suicide, as they defined suicide in their own context to mean to turn against the next level when it is being offered. So they're they're not calling what they're going to do suicide. It's basically saying that, like, well, if you don't do this, you're basically denying this great opportunity that's been given to you. You're turning it away. Yeah, you're killing your soul. Exactly. Versus killing your body. Yep. So, and this goes along with um, some of the things that you were bringing up about Colts, Jerrica. Uh, the members of the group gave themselves three-letter names with the suffix O-D-Y that they adopted in lieu of their original given names, which defines children of the next level. Uh, so, this is mentioned in Apple White's final goodbye video. They all videotaped themselves basically saying goodbye and that they were leaving this earth. Also, is, what? How fucked up? Can, can right? I ask a question? Yeah. I'm sorry, going back to the O-D-Y... So you would be Sodi, probably, yeah. and you would be Jody, and I'd be Bodhi. I think they didn't they do like um, the first because there was some that I remember that are like Hello D or something like that where it's so like, it's like Smurf talk. It's like where there's like two letter maybe your first and second um, letter or something, and then. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look that up actually because that's gonna I'm I'm interested to know what our I wonder if there's like a quiz online that's like, yeah because I mean I didn't look into what that is it? you're like heaven's gate I didn't look into that um any further I just saw that like you know they were that. basically having everybody change their names right I want to know which our names. strips them of their identity yeah exactly so they believe that to be eligible for membership in the next level humans would have to shed every attachment to the planet. This meant that all members had to give up all human-like characteristics, such as their family, their friends, sexuality, individuality, jobs, mm-hmm. money, and possessions. Yep. They adopted a monastic lifestyle. So that's, like, pulling from that we're mm-hmm. talking about um, taking advantage of, like, exploiting people. Right, and taking you away from a supportive community that could possibly get you out. Exactly. Yeah, so, I mean. Not exposing your financial they believed that the evolutionary level above human was an actual physical place. It was another world in our universe where residents would live in pure bliss and nourish themselves by absorbing pure sunlight, which I thought was interesting that that's kind of like the picture that he painted for his followers. I mean, like, why would somebody hear that and think, wow, that sounds amazing. I want that. Like, yeah. let's get there. Like, Fuck hamburgers. Uh, I want to eat sunshine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at the next level, beings do not engage in sexual intercourse, eating, or dying, or the things that relate to mammals. Heaven's Gate believed that the Bible calls, what the Bible calls God is actually a highly developed extraterrestrial. So God exists, but yeah, he's an extraterrestrial. And so are I'm, alien, or so are demons. I, you demons. know what? I'm actually okay with that theory. It, yeah. I mean, I mean they're worse. <laughs> yeah, they're worse. Um, so speaking of like stripping them of their individuality and like sexuality and things like that, they had some here like a list of more of their like extreme beliefs. They were open only to adults over the age of eighteen, and members had to give up all their possessions and live in a highly frugal life devoid of any luxuries. 
Uh, they were tightly knit and everything was collectively shared. They also, from what I was reading, and I didn't write this down, but um, they moved around a lot and they did a lot of like begging and things like that. And once people started to like catch on and their group would start to grow, they, they would like just continue to move. So I think that was like kind of why it was hard to catch on that it was a cult or a religious movement of any type. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting. Eight of the male members of the group, including Applewhite, voluntarily underwent castration <sighs> as an extreme means of maintaining the abstinent lifestyle. The group initially attempted castration by having one of the members, a former nurse, yeah, the castration. Yeah, the fuck out of it. Mm -hmm. But the attempt was unsuccessful, and it almost resulted in one of the members' death. So I'm just going to say this here. It is refreshing that one, they volunteered, and two, only did it to the males. Usually that it's the other way around. That's yeah. very true. You if know? there's some kind of, like, sexual, like, literal cutoff it usually happens to the females that's true. so i mean that's all i'm saying it, yeah. it's refreshing is all so every castration that followed that unsuccessful one was done in a hospital which i didn't know i mean i guess you could just walk in and request one and they i mean i guess they when it comes to men's reproductive organs doctors will let you do whatever you want they're like sure okay Weird. let's do it mm -hmm. women's nope so one reason why I think maybe he was trying to express that you should get castration, you know, to avoid any kind of sexual interaction is because Applewhite was actually fired as a music professor at the University of St. Thomas in 1970 before he met um, Bonnie after administrators had learned that he had sex with a male student. Mm. So he was always so seeking cures for his homosexual the fact that he's gay. Oh, yeah. That's one of the theories as to why I think maybe this whole thing started. It's just severe Ugh. repression. Yeah, and he probably, like, in Bonnie, saw somebody that, like, accepted him and was cool with him and then completely and totally latched onto that. Oh, absolutely. It's so sad. Yeah, it really oh is. God. Then he fucking went rogue. So he always wanted to find a way to have a platonic relationship with other men where he could develop his full potential without any sexual entanglements. Yeah, this was actually a reporter who infiltrated the group back in 1975, what he was saying about why he thought Applewhite had done all of this. Mm. I want that job. Right? I want to go undercover in a cult. Wouldn't that be amazing? I'm a woman. I can't. But. You're also a mouthy woman. Here's, here's like, what's really unsettling. <laughs> so uh, the, the eight men that got castrated were actually kind of excited about it. So they couldn't stop smiling or giggling, said a former member. They were excited about it. Yeah, like about the castration. Like they thought it brought them closer to the higher being by doing that. All right. So um, here's another one that follows, Jericho, what you were saying. So members were devotees of the master cleanse. Aside from abandoning your family and turning over all of your money, cult members were asked to cleanse their bodies of impure influence of things like fast food and impure sexual thoughts. So they drank nothing but a mixture of lemonade and cayenne pepper and maple syrup for three entire months. Okay. Ew. Remember when I did that? Yes. <laughs> you Are you crazy? Shit yourself. Oh. She did. She shit herself. I did it for three weeks. Oh my God. And, and then I was yourself? vacuuming. Yeah. <laughs> we lived in the, when we lived together in our apartment, I went and I started vacuuming and I bent over and I just shit myself all over. And Savannah came home. And I was really upset. She was like, what's wrong? And I was like, I just shit myself in the living room. And she goes, where are your pants? And I was like, I threw them away. <laughs> She's like, you're not washing them? I was like, no, there's no coming back. 
And then I ate a burger that night. There you go. It was it was the apple cider cleanse, and let me tell you that cleared out, mm-hmm. cleansed, very cleansed. <laughs> That's staying in, isn't it? Oh yeah, it is. <laughs> so also another thing that that this cult did is that they went out for a last supper together before they all committed the mass suicide. Another part about this cult is that they became very reclusive too. So not only did they move around a lot, but like. You know, they cut off all their family and friends and stuff like that. Anybody, anytime somebody would kind of catch on that something weird was going on, they would, would disappear, essentially. So, their final meal together was a big group dinner, which was odd for them to all go out together to, like, a group dinner. Yeah, they were very fiscally conservative. Right? Yeah. Um, it took place at a chain that they frequented near their compound in Rancho Santa Fe, California. Just a day or so before enacting their planned suicides. The cult went out for a last supper together at the Marie Callender's restaurant in Carlsbad. That's so specific. Very specific. They all ordered the exact same thing, which I find creepy. A waiter recalled to the paper, the BBC. It was set up before they came in. They all had iced teas to drink, dinner salads beforehand with tomato vinegar dressing, turkey pot pie for the entree, cheesecake with blueberries on top for dessert. Can you imagine being that waiter, and you get this order for 30-some-odd people that come in, they all are bald, they're all dressed exactly the same, mm-hmm. nine of them can't fucking stop smiling, and they all eat the exact same food. Yeah. And they probably left him a weird tip. Yeah. Like the quarters or some shit. Yeah, like $5.03 and, yeah. or whatever. Uh, the waiter said that they all seemed very nice, very friendly, very polite, happy-go-lucky. Like, nobody looked depressed or like they were about to commit suicide. Like, nobody... Looked like they were screaming for, for help. So another quick fact about Heaven's Gate uh, is there are two surviving members that are still likely operating the cult's website, which is still up and running. I did not visit it. But uh, one of the ways that Heaven's Gate paid the bills during their time as a cult was with web design group that they called The Higher Source. And like I said, their website is still online. Um, here is a quote. Clients described Higher Source employees as diligent and professional. They said the website designers didn't look particularly unusual for computer experts with a lot of work in the entertainment industry. What does that mean? What a burn. I know, right? Like, what are you you trying to say here? The pair that are still alive and operating, most likely behind the higher source website, they speculate are Mark and Sarah King, according to the motherboard. The information must be available to mankind in preparation for their return, the page's admins. So it's not Sodine Mogi? Yeah, I guess not. So we don't know when that will be, but those who are interested will find the information. Here's a really interesting quote. So again, this this cult decided to commit mass suicide around this, you know, comet, like, closely approaching Earth. Mm-hmm. And what I found interesting is the guy who actually discovered the comet said that it's actually not surprising, and I have a direct quote from him in a second, that there's weird behavior around anomalies like that. Yeah. So the Heaven's Gate event was widely publicized in the media as an example of mass suicide. When the news broke of the suicides and their relation to the comet Hale-Bopp, the discoverer of the comet, Alan Hill, was drawn into the story. His phone never stopped ringing the entire day, and he did not respond until the next day. And when he spoke on the subject at a press conference, but only after researching the details of what had happened. He was speaking at the Second World Skeptics Congress in Germany on July 24th, 1998. Dr. Hell discussed the scientific significance and popular lore of, of comets. 
and gave personal account of his discovery. He then criticized the combination of scientific illiteracy, willful delusions, a radio talk show's deception about an imaginary spacecraft following the comet, which I kind of vaguely remember that. Yeah. And a cult's bizarre yearnings for ascending to another level of existence that led to the Heaven's Gate's mass suicide. Hell said that well before Heaven's Gate, he had told a colleague, we are probably going to have some suicides as a result of this comet. Isn't that crazy? Wow. The sad part is that I was really not surprised. Comets are lovely objects, but they don't have any apocalyptic significance. We must use our minds and our reason. So essentially he's saying like people would see this and kind of bring on ideas of, yeah. yeah latch on to it yeah 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 so i mean i really think that this this religious movement if you will or this cult was really brought on by i mean a lot of different factors but i think the biggest catalyst is he was i think definitely apple apple white was probably very repressed um sexually mm-hmm. and you know after losing his essential soulmate like you know i think that really kind of and also i mean it wasn't said, but I'm pretty sure it's highly insinuated. There's probably a history of mental illness mm-hmm. as well. So when you get all of that mixed together with, you know, the approaching comet, um, and I do remember there was some new f- news coverage where they found some weird things trailing behind the comet that they thought could have been a spacecraft, but then it was, like, discovered debris. that it's just debris from the yeah. comet. Like, that they probably really could have just latched onto that. These people all sound really lonely, too. That's oh, yeah. a, that's That's what I found, like, so, because I'm like, this to me, just sounds so crazy. Who would join right. a cult where they're like, we believe in UFOs and aliens? But it kind of makes sense because I think, in a way, a lot of the people that, and I mean, this was just me speculating, a lot of people in this particular cult constantly talk about being a higher being, a higher level. These are just our physical bodies. These aren't... I kind of feel like maybe they are people who always felt like outsiders, like they didn't belong. Mm-hmm. But instead of being like, well, you know, I'm a loser. I'm awkward. Like people don't like to hang around me or, you know, whatever this and that. Right. It's, they maybe were like, well, maybe it's cause I'm better than everybody else. People right. don't understand me. Like, well, and we, we understand non neurotypical brains a lot more now than mm-hmm. we did then. Yep. Mm-hmm. And who's to say that they weren't on the spectrum at right. some mm-hmm. way yeah. or another. And, Applewhite kind of just fed off of that and manipulated that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. For sure. So that was my coverage of Heaven's Gate. Again, I think it was a lot darker than I expected it to be. Initially, I just went into it thinking, oh, you know, this is a cult motivated by UFOs. How interesting. But then just the whole mass suicide, like, that's just, that's really rough. So that's what I have. Birdie, what do you have for us? So what I'm going to be talking about is called the Quiverful Movement. I've never heard of this. Me either. Okay, great. Let's get into it. So the the name the Quiverful comes from a, a quote from the Bible. It's from Psalms uh, chapter 127, verses 3 through 5. And the quote is, Children are the heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from him. Like arrows in the hands of a warrior are children born in one's youth. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They are not to be put to shame when they contend with their opponents in court. So it's a sect of Christianity that's like pop out them babies. Oh, because a man no. with a lot of kids Wait is a, a man second. who's blessed. Is this the same religion from um, nineteen and counting or whatever? Is this no, 
Yes, ma'am. Oh. It is the Duggars. Stop. Mm. Oh, my God. Feel free to shit on him as much as possible. Absolutely. <laughs> yep. So, the Quiverful Movement is a fundamentalist, evangelical Christian sect. It's centered around mandatory procreation, a rejection of birth control, and is thought to be an opposing view to modern feminism. Mandatory procreation. Mandatory procreation. Wow. Yeah. That's intense. That's some handmade sounding shit, right? Yeah. Um, while the okay. sect isn't linked to any specific church, it is targeted at fundamental evangelicals. The quiverful advocates believe that the devil deceives Christian couples into using birth control so that God, uh, children of God who otherwise would procreate are being prevented from having children. The Quiverful Movement started in the 1970s as, like I said earlier, a rejection to the growing feminist movement. It almost died out in the 80s, but then had a resurgence in the 90s because that was a weird fucking time for a religion. There was this weird uprise in evangelicalism because everybody, you know, 9-11 and Columbine and AIDS had this weird effect on us as a culture. Yeah. And everybody thought Jesus was coming back at any second. Y2K. Y2K. Yeah, there was there was a lot going on. We were, we were in severe panic at that point. We oh, we were. Religion. Absolutely. Um, the person who pushed this forward very hard was a Christian minister named Bill Gothard. Um, he, in particular, created a lot of homeschool curriculum. So they really targeted white homeschoolers. Very nice. particular white homeschoolers um, and lower income. His curriculum that he created really centered around both obedience and purity. One thing that they did was uh, called blanket training. And what they do is they would take an infant, like, you know, six months to a year, and they would put the baby on a blanket. And then they would put toys all around the blanket. And when the baby tried to go towards the toy, they would slap him on the hand or spank him and move him back on the blanket. And they would repeat this over and over and over again until the baby associated, like, blanket safe. Outside the blanket's not safe. Okay. And punishment without context is just training your brain to be okay with abuse, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Because if you're a child and you're learn you're learning like, oh, I get punished, but you don't understand why, then as an adult, if your partner hits you, it's like, oh, this is normal, right? This is okay. Right. So they're not, you're not training a baby obedience because the baby doesn't understand the context of what you're doing. Nobody yeah. sat the down baby this can't baby. can't grasp anything like that anyways. Right. And also, the baby's not doing anything wrong. The baby sees a toy. The baby wants a toy. It's not like they were keeping the baby away from a stove or a cliff. It was the entire programming was designed to instill a sense of being okay with abuse from the very beginning. Interesting. It's disgusting. So, Bill Gothard, and I I just want to put this in now so I don't forget it later, he is still technically considered um, a minister, but he was kicked out of his church. Can you guess why, guys? Did he... Inappropriate sexual relations. Mm, Yep. Yep. Several members of his congregation came forward, like young members, young women, and said he was inappropriate with them. And of course, like, nothing ever went to trial, Mm -hmm. because it never does. Right. But he is still, like, when I tell y'all he was a big name in the homeschooling community, he was huge. His stuff was, like, gold. So when was it he was caught again? Uh, he, in 2014. Okay. Oh. Is when the, yeah, very recent. recent. All this stuff is very recent. But he's been very active in this community since the 90s. Writing books, going on tours, cashing in that money. 
Damn. Yeah. The quiver... I'm just going to call him a cult from now on. I keep saying movement in here, but let's be honest. The quiverful cult believes in the idea of planned families. That means they're anti-birth control, anti-sterilization, anti-fertility treatments, because they believe God determines whether or not you have kids. So if you're infertile, God decided you should have no kids. Uh, If you're super fertile, you get... 19 plus kids. Mm. They're also anti-fostering and anti-adoption. That's sad. Because you don't, that's not your family. Like, that's not your your, quiver. Yeah. Interesting. I hate them. Yeah. um, And God blesses you with the amount of children that you should have. So whether it's zero or it's 20, like, that's what you got. Does it say about what happens if you don't, if you're one that, like, can't have kids? Yeah. They they call you an empty quiver. Oh, my God. Yeah. What the fuck? Yeah. And it is Do you, understood you if your husband goes outside the marriage wow. at that point. Right? Like, it's not super encouraged because, like, right. sex should but be they under don't, the like, covenant. But if it happens, it's kind of like, well, they wow. turn in their cheek, right? Wow. Right. And you see that a lot. This movement is super widespread in the United States, like, way more so than you would want. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. also in Canada... Australia, New Zealand, and even has made its way into the United Kingdom, which terrifies me. Um, the theology was created in the patriarchy, and it lives in, like, misogyny and abuse. Like, that's just where it thrives. Mm-hmm. In particular, control of a, wo- a woman and her place as a birther within the family. Yeah, right. That's her only job. Right. And so a good example of this is you mentioned the Duggars earlier. They're super into the quiverful movement like that's their whole ideology if you look at it they have all these kids all of their names start with j Mm -hmm. which the father's name is jim bob and her name is michelle not a single one of them starts with an m all those children are an extension of him and not her she's literally a birther she's a vessel yeah Wow. Yeah. This sect was given a huge spotlight in 2008 when TLC aired the reality show 17 Kids and Counting. Um, obviously, at this point, it was shown in a very positive light. Like, oh, look at this quirky family, and they're doing so much, and they have tater tot casserole, and, you know, they're so sweet. The reality of it is the core beliefs were really brought to light about two years ago when the oldest son, Josh Duggar, was exposed for molesting his siblings and friends of the family. Mm-hmm. Um, he had done this years ago when they were children and the Duggars literally excused it as it's not pedophilia because he is also a child. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then of course, even more recently it was exposed that he had accounts on Ashley Madison and he was having multiple affairs. And then his latest charge has been extreme po- child pornography, Mm-hmm. Which indicates, I think this was like a massive amounts, whole life. huge, a huge yeah. pattern, and they kept putting amounts. him around all these young girls. Yeah, and they didn't do anything about it. They could just, I think I read like they literally maybe sent him to do like labor at a friend's house. Yeah, they made him shave punishment. his head. Yeah, and like dig ditches one summer. Yeah, and that's it. And, and he like, was, but reformed. that doesn't teach you. Yeah, it also it all. What does that teach the girls too? Like, mm-hmm. there's no punishment for it. Like, you still have to live with your victim you still have to see your victim like if anything it was a harder punishment on the girls than it was for them the child pornography that they found in josh's possession was so egregious that the fbi worker 
whose literal job is to sift through child pornography and categorize it, he said that it was in the top five of the worst of the worst that he had ever had to examine. Is that not crazy? Like, that's his literal job. He just sees that all day, and it's in the top five. It's in the top five. Wow. So, on the podcast Life After God, a woman named Brooke Arnold co-hosted, and she talked about being a former member member of the Quiverful Movement. She was a member as a child. Her parents were involved in it. She stated that out of the 50-some-odd girls that were in her church, she only knew of two of them who had not been raped or assaulted by age 12. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I'm going to quote her, and I'm going to try to get this exactly right. So, people acted so shocked about about Josh Duggar assaulting his sisters. They kept calling him a hypocrite, but he's not. This is to be expected from the quiverful churches. That's what's taught and reinforced. This is a cult build to rape. It is a rape cult. Uh, You are taking young girls and you are telling them that they are not allowed to be educated, that God is going to choose their husband, that they can never disobey their husband, that they have no right to sexual consent. They also have no reproductive control. They must give birth every time they get pregnant. And the desire to have anything else is a demon. So that makes me, you know, want to ask, so if they get pregnant and the baby dies and it's like they have to see that through because it says every woman that gets pregnant has to give birth there's no termination whether it's medically necessary or not wow yeah and it's also kind of seen as the woman's fault yeah the the baby doesn't come to terms yep so another big cornerstone of this church is homeschooling Mm -hmm. and the especially the this uh, podcast host, she was talking about her experience with other homeschoolers. She said ever the women especially, but everyone was completely illiterate because their job was to learn how to run a household mm-hmm. and not to read. And so they Jeez. they couldn't read, they couldn't write, and all of that infrastructure is built in to keep you in because you have limited resources mm-hmm. and avenues well, to get out. To, it's meant to can't handicap you. That's why a lot of times, you know, you hear stories of people who hold people captive, they take their shoes because it's meant to handicap you if you right. try to, to escape. You know, they've, they limit your, you know, knowledge of the outside world so that if you at some point decided, you know, if nothing else, if you, like, make it through all the rest, like, you can't go anywhere. You can't do anything. You're you, don't, an alien. you don't even have a high school education. Yeah. Yeah. And like you were saying earlier, like, this limits their resources because then it's very, like, us versus them. Mm-hmm. We'll take care of you. We can give you a home. Like, mm-hmm. we can give you a path. The outside world, like, you can't do anything. Right. Um, homeschooling also allows them to have controlled interruptions, interactions with the opposite sex. It's controlled what education they do allow, which education has been shown to break the holds of abuse and break mm-hmm. the holds of manipulation. And it also allows the family to fly under the radar CPS. Wow. Mm. Uh, most of the Quiverful members live with very little debt, which is considered another milestone, but also most of them live in abject poverty. Because if you think about it, they have traditional family values, so the husband's the only one allowed to work. The wife needs to stay at home. They have 20 fucking kids. How do you feed 20 kids? I don't know. We have a 14-year-old at home. Like, it's hard. Mm-hmm. This kind of breeds the cycle of, you know, malnutrition, missing doctor's appointments, poor education, 
and especially like children raising children. Yeah. But you have 20 kids. Like you can't, you can't feasibly watch that. No. Well, then it's like as soon as you get married and then locked up and then it's, you're not on birth control, you're going to fucking start having babies right. at whatever time. So. And you, you're literally just growing not only their control over you, but you're growing their fan base, right? Because then you teach your kids this and it's, it's a yeah. cycle. Interesting. Yeah. Um, the children um, are expected to live a pure life, which is no sex before marriage. But then when you are married, literally you're at your husband's whim. It doesn't matter if you're on your period, if you're not in the mood, if you're hurting. Literally, if you just had a baby, if your husband says that he wants to have sex, it is the wife's duty to have sex. No, Fun. thank you. Yeah. Um, most members of this movement... Actually, turn off, turn around to run cons on their community because again, they have like limited resources, and the higher income members tend to become slumlords, which is interesting. I would love to know how many people, um, in this quiverful, mm-hmm. quiverful, yeah. um, did like Luro. Oh, probably a lot. I can <laughs> see where that would be because you know, you get to work from home and you're a boss, yeah. babe, and you set up your own. And then also in LuLaRoe, one of the big things is, like, the woman set it up and then the man came in and t- took over. Yeah, like, they're they're expected to basically yeah, this is right take up over once it becomes successful. Right. So another family that was seen here and there on the TLC show um, was the Garcia family. And they were a family of 11-plus who lived in one RV. They oh, called themselves... Oh, Absolutely no. not. Thank you. They were uh, called, quote, nomadic. Okay. And, of course, this is so they could go between state lines to avoid CPS. Oh, shit. Um, and they've been accused of feeding their kids only once daily and keeping the kids under five in safety cages. Safety cages? Inside the RV, yeah. And uh, there's actually an online petition to, like, find them and get them arrested. Oh, shit. What? Yeah, because, like, there have been, like, pictures and videos posted, and the kids are very malnourished. Like, the 14-year-old looks about 10. Oh, it's insane. No. Women are actively taught that they do not have a sex drive and that consent is not a real thing. And this opens them up to be vulnerable, of course, to, to rape and abuse. Um, oddly enough, though, the practices are heavily reinforced by the women of the family. Several of the moms uh, get involved, like a woman named Nancy Campbell, Mary Pride. I'm calling you bitches out. <laughs> Mary Pride, Michelle Duggar. They write books. They host seminars. In a way, I kind of wonder if that... Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. No, you're you. good. Uh, kind of a coping mechanism because almost you're they've almost reached the point of acceptance like this is my life now i might as well just really embrace it when it gets you out of the house and away from your abuser right Mm -hmm. right which is another powerful tool but like then these women spill propaganda about like no this is actually powerful Mm -hmm. i'm choosing my kids and my body and you know feminism actually hurts women and we shouldn't have choices yeah um, in 2006, the Duggars were scheduled to be guests on Oprah, and when an anonymous family member found out about this, she wrote her and let them know that they were in the quiver, quiverful cult and about Josh Duggars at the time allegations. Like, they were just kind of rumors that were floating around. Mm-hmm. Um, her team watched, launched their own private investigation, and they found so much evidence, they reported it to the Arkansas Family Services, TLC, and the local police, and literally nobody did anything about it. Are you serious? Oh, my God. Yep. So, again, like, the cycle of abuse. And you might wonder, like, okay, well, but why are local PD, like, why aren't they getting involved? Again, these are, like, lower 
southern states. The quiverful movement is very invested in the evangelical movement, which is really invested in the Republican Party. I was just about to say, is it tied to, like, connections? It is. It absolutely is. And, in fact, Josh Duggar was set up to be this big political well, I was figure. Like the, pol- the politics. I yeah. That. In the Arkansas State Senate. And then all this stuff came out and it, it crashed and burned. But they set him up on community. It was like the community for families, something, something practices. Mm-hmm. Like he was like twi- in his 20s, in his early 20s. And they put him as like a head officer of it. And it's all because they were popular. So ironically, the Duggars involvement in this cult was best their was their best, like, PR movement. It gave them the most attention. It brought in new members. It made people curious about it. But it's also causing their downfall because now all of this is exposed. It's all been documented. Yeah, they couldn't control it. They couldn't control it. it. It spun out. And honestly, TikTok has been a vehicle that has really progressed this along because TL- it was a big moneymaker for TLC. Oh, huge, yeah. It was, like, this one and, like, what was it like Little World or, or something Cape like Plus that? Little people, big world. Yeah, Little People, Big World, yeah. which is ending because the family got a divorce. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And now this, like their money makers are gone. And then yeah, John and Kate Plus Eight was just a fucking nightmare. Wow. Another like huge. Abuse yeah. Segment. So I'm hoping like this fucking crushes it. Oh, absolutely. The second we heard about Josh Duggar, TLC should have dropped that that all of that right then yeah they didn't they kept it going for a while i mean of course he wasn't in any of the clips or anything he's already moved out of the house but right i mean people were wanting them to boycott that show and and they didn't you know what it took it took sponsors pulling out Mm -hmm. they they didn't care about the morality of it it was just literally it's bottom line i can't talk to me i know i was the same way so um kind of like in conclusion so this cult claims that children are quote unqualified blessings what does that even thank you i don't even know (laughs) but the reality is that they are pro-birth and they are not a pro-life system Mm -hmm. the children and especially females are quickly dismissed abused and controlled so sad yeah and so and my sources on this are tmz uh belief it or not life after god and behind the bastard those are all podcasts a TikToker named Miss Kickstand, and I did reference the Wikipedia, but it is super whitewashed. Oh, I'm sure. It's literally just the facts and, like, really flowery wording. And I went to a couple of other websites, and it's the same. So I feel like this group has worked really hard to, like, clean up their image. So it is good that you know about it, because it's a fucking cult. Yeah, and now I'm actually going to deep dive and TikTok on it because apparently that's the best source at this point because yeah, hell yeah. I have Allison, you two girls that are okay. really informative and they stay on top of it. Yeah. Dope. So, Jerrica, did those those cults fit your, your description <laughs> or what? Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh-huh. Wow. I didn't even know that they were like an organized religion. I thought they were I didn't either. Like, like I thought so, it was kind of loosely like based a, on like something. a quirky family. Yeah. Like a, their thing, you know, they just have like fuck ton of kids. I didn't and you know. can tell like they're very like modest and all of that. But, right. And you know, so to be fair, I have a friend that I've known almost my whole life and she's Roman Catholic and in their family, they're very, very anti birth control. Like to the point of she needed to take Accutane when she was younger and she couldn't, even though she was, like, 14 and a virgin and wasn't having sex because you're required to take birth control if you're a female while you're on Accutane, mm-hmm. and it was against the religion. 
But the difference there is, like, while they were, like, anti-birth control, they were also very pro-education. The women were on equal footing as the men. Like, they weren't controlling. You could do as many sports as you, you could wear pants. They could you be independent. To, yeah. Oh. And another weird thing, and I just want to throw this out, the reason all the Duggars have that trashy curly hair with the weird horse bangs <laughs> is because Gothard specifically stated that the ideal woman has hair that frames her face angelically, and what that meant to him was big curly bangs and long curly hair, and she wore denim skirts. Did, was Stephanie Meyer just out of curiosity? <laughs> you know. Was she inspired at all? Well, she's Mormon. Oh, she the All of Twilight is, like, super based on, like, Mormonism. Yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Including how, like, beautiful and white and blonde everybody is. Fun, yeah. Well, that was interesting. Again, I didn't know it was, like, an organized religion. I thought yeah. they were just, you know. Assholes. Yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah. And controlling on weird things. Okay, well, that about wraps up our episode on cults, but, uh, Jerrica is bringing us our palette cleanser for this episode. I am. Okay, so these, I don't know how we want to do this. I think we should, um, I'll read the question and then you'll, um, we'll spawn each because we'll need to know who's saying what. But these are 10 most likely to questions. Okay. Okay. And so, um, they're about random things. So, 10 most likely. Okay. Uh, most likely to own a small boss bay business. Oh, Is this God. Uh, the three of us? Yeah. Which one's most likely? Yeah. Jerrica. Jerrica. Oh, 100%. God. Yeah, 100%. Because you're so charismatic. Out of all of us, you would Damn. be the best salesperson. God damn it. Yeah. You would make money. You would. All right. Boss <laughs> babe. She's Yeah. No, she turned real quick. Damn. I guess I can't even answer. <laughs> Moving on. No, no, no. Who do you think? I was gonna say Savannah because you're like makeup Damn. thing. Oh yeah. Also, like you and your uh, your mugs, your Ray Dunn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. What are you What are you talking about, like, Jerry? <laughs> <laughs> are you drinking out of one of them? <laughs> Hashtag hustle. hustle. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Most likely to get shouted at by their parents. Shouted at by their parents? Yeah, I think. It was. Yeah, that is me. 100%. Yeah, it's you for sure. <laughs> okay. Most likely to fall asleep during a movie. Oh, yep, birdie. Yep, birdie. Yep. <laughs> yep. Thousand I fell sitting up. First yeah, everywhere. Or like when you said that, <laughs> you called her out when she was getting ready to leave. <laughs> yeah. Like, You're going to sleep. <laughs> the chill deal signs. Yeah. Yep. I love sleeping. Um, <laughs> Most likely to faint if they met their favorite celebrity. Oh, that would probably be me. Yeah, I would. If I'm, I'm being honest. Us. I would get so nervous that I would act like I didn't know who they were. I do that. I get nervous and then I don't, I don't like talk and I, I would probably hold my breath and not even know it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, most likely to stay up late arguing with internet trolls. Yeah, Birdie. Really? I would say Jerrica, but I can see it. Yeah. You get so like you see you 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 sometimes you dive like, in yeah. that's what it is that's true and i do love research you do yeah. <laughs> oh my god yeah and then you have like the random facts i told you random facts about things random so you facts. like throw them all these like bills and shit <laughs> yeah did you, you know throw this? facts about yeah. them so hard yeah um most likely to accidentally set the house on fire joseph yeah <laughs> 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 yes accidentally set the house on fire oh, i don't know me or jerica probably 
Yeah, I would say you. I don't think I've ever said. I think I, I, because I'm so. You know what? I'm gonna say that one this. doesn't really qualify for any of us. Yeah. Okay. I feel like we're all pretty responsible. I feel like that too. Right? I'm gonna go with default. No, I'm gonna say our partners because yeah. my husband's a pyro. Your fiance is clumsy Absent-minded. and yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not Michael. Uh, uh, I mean, I can see him leaving a dish I think towel he would be very on something distracted he shouldn't have. Yeah, maybe. Focused on something That's completely what it is. different, and he would forget about it. That's yeah. why it would catch on fire. I mean, I also did almost forget to blow out a burning candle for like eight hours. That's so. fine. They're self-contained. Yeah. Yeah. Good enough. You know. Okay. Most likely to get arrested for doing a dare. Me. Birdie. Yeah. That's yeah. birdie. <laughs> Most likely to eat something gross on a dare. Me. I'm yeah, Birdie. Yeah, I was gonna. I was definitely not you because I. No, I, you're picky eater, Jerica. Yeah. I just don't like certain textures. I'm not picky. <laughs> Most likely to go to a party in their PJs, Savannah. Oh, Savannah. She's percent. always in her PJs. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Who is most likely to to sue, most likely to survive a zombie apocalypse? Birdie. <sighs> I feel like all of us, but yeah, Birdie. That's what I was thinking as well. I yeah, I was thinking you. Sorry, you're guys, the most athletic. Yo, you're the you're the most athletic at it. Like I feel like if it was a running thing, yeah. you would <laughs> do and I the would best. Not default so it's, it's, be like, right, I'm what not the fuck a fight. Are we do to outsmart this motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That makes sense. We're the Slytherins. I mean, we are the Slytherins. It's true. One of my palate cleansers is going to involve the zombie apocalypse. So. Oh, okay. okay cool. All right. So that's all of the palate cleanser. Yeah, that's all we have um, for you today, guys. So we hope you enjoyed. Oh, please follow us on our social media. We have a TikTok and an Instagram, both under the same handle, which is violent underscore delights underscore podcast. And I have been taking a break for this month because September's insane for me, but I'm going to start posting again here very soon. Because it's almost spooky it's season. Almost spooky. You know, fuck it, it is spooky season. It absolutely yeah. is. It's two months. We're in September. We're half. Oh my god, we're halfway. Yeah, I gotta bust out my ad boots. Oh yes. Okay, in the hoodie. Anyway, okay, love you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.